I am so excited for this conversation um, with Liliane Renier out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, She is a friend and somebody that I've looked up to because of the amazing work that she does in supporting women through all phases of their life. And she holds incredible gatherings uh, where she offers an opportunity for collective healing. Um, She's a master at holding space and offering deep listening opportunities for so many of us. Um, She is also a piano teacher. She offers pre and postnatal support. She's an artist. She's an ambassador for Anne Muller. Um, During this interview, you can hear the horses in Liliane's backyard. Um, And uh, I actually think it adds to the charm of this conversation, but you will hear them. And I urge you to look on her website, lilianrenier.com, to learn more about her. You absolutely will not be disappointed. So enjoy this conversation. Hello and welcome. Hi. Lillian Renier, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for the invitation, Laura. I'm so glad that you're here. So welcome to the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and read a few things about you. First and foremost, you are a mom to two beautiful daughters who are now 19 and 22. You have over 20 years as experience as a doula childbirth educator, prenatal yoga instructor, birthing from within mentor, and you are a gifted artist. More recently, you have pulled together your vast skill sets and are now a holistic guide and mentor for womanhood transitions. Very recently, you became an ambassador for Anne Muller, which is a beautiful collaboration with a designer you resonate with deeply. You are a dear friend, a sister, I would say literally from the first time that we met. And that was through the Made to Grow project, which is an entrepreneurial community for women. So thank you so much for being here, Lillian. Oh, thank you, Laura, for that nice introduction. (laughs) You are so many more things than even that list. Um, So we're just going to jump in and have some fun talking about uh, all the different things that you love to do and that you're helping women with, which I absolutely love. Um, first, I just wanted to touch on, I remember our first point of connection, which really hit for me was hearing you speak about how you prepare women to give birth actively, naturally, and instinctively with specific intentional practices. Uh, as somebody who had midwives for my first two babies and home births, immediately I felt a connection to you because I'm fascinated by the innate wisdom that we as women have and the fact that you're facilitating that for women and helping us reconnect to that just instantly made me want to connect to you further. So we've had so many great conversations around that. Um, Tell me a little bit about your experience. And I know you, your daughters were born with midwives as well, but what kind of brought you to that place of trust in yourself and in your innate wisdom and your strength of your body? Is that something you always had or is that something that came to you kind of at a particular point? I would say it came much later. Um, 
because I started my journey, you know, working in office jobs and then I studied music in Montreal. And it was when I started my journey of wanting to have to start a family. I had miscarried, we had thought of adoption, we had even started a process of adoption. And um, that had had fallen through because of the organization falling through. So and then after that, I got pregnant again because I had lost one and now I got pregnant and I had connected with a friend in Montreal who had talked about an alternative birth center. And I was just fascinated by her stories. And it was like, okay, I need to learn more about this. And when I was expecting my first, I ended up going to the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. And I did a prenatal yoga teacher training there. And that training was actually only supposed to be for midwives. And I contacted the instructor and I said, listen, my husband's going to be at a conference in Boston. This center is like so close to there and I'm expecting my first baby and I'm fascinated by the whole midwifery work and everything. Do you think I could attend your workshop? And she was awesome. She's like, oh, of course, just come. And, you know, so I was able to be a part of this workshop. And that's when I really started connecting to my own intuition and just being amongst all of these super wise. I saw them as all these wise elders that were there. Mm -hmm. I felt so blessed and honored to be there. And that's when I learned a tool called vocal toning, which I have continued to use for I, that's I use that tool to birth my own babies. I've used it with women in hospital settings, birth center birth settings and home birth settings to assist them. And I've continued to use it to this day. So that is one of the tools that really got me through. And yeah, so I think my that wisdom and that it, it came with time and experience. Mm -hmm you know um living away from home right moving away to a city that was new and traveling the world for six months and mm -hmm. all of these experiences led me to being you know you know trusting who i am and because all those big decisions even homeschooling our girls it was like having to trust that that was right for us and yeah yeah it's through the years it's interesting to hear how you have come to where you are and especially with the work that you do now um, I didn't I didn't know that story so that's kind of neat to fill in the gaps there um, one thing that it makes me think of is uh, I was hearing Dr. Gabor Mate speak in a in an interview and one of the things he said which I just wanted to stand up and cheer is he said it's a he takes issue with doctors claiming that they have birthed 75 175,075 babies. And he said, can we stop saying that? It is the woman's body that knows how to birth a baby. The doctor is literally a witness. And, and most times anybody could catch that baby or the baby could be born into water. And I just, um, that was so powerful to me. And of course, at times there are interventions and, and times where, you know, we need medical interventions, but for the most part, it is a natural process. The woman knows what to do. The body innately knows what to do. And like you said, there are so many tools, but there's so many of us that don't know about them. And we only know about the more traditional Western sort of style of tools for, for birth. So it can be such a, a beautiful experience and transformational. Absolutely. It does and make... I, yeah, and I going. just want to... I just want to add to um, what you said just prior to that, where 
you know, I have to say, like, I assisted births, like a lot of the births at home that I was at, sometimes the midwives got there late. So the baby was being was birthing, you know, the mom was <laughs> doing this, I was guiding her, but I, you know, as a doula, you're not trained to, to assist like the births in that way, you're a birth coach to the mother and the partner. Um, but you know, I was just watching and guiding her as best I could, because mm -hmm. anybody would have done that, they would have stepped in and done what I mm -hmm. could do. Right. But just to see, yes, these babies being born with no assistance, mm -hmm. you know, just the yeah. mother holding the baby as it comes out. Like, it's just it's so magical and beautiful. Well, and you make a great point because it's not only the mother, it's the mother and the baby. The baby is also working to be born. Right. And, and clearly it's imprinted in them how to emerge into this new world for them. And so it's like a dance between the mother Absolutely. and the baby and and something I would say bigger than us like that we don't understand it's it's quite yes. the amazing process yes and yes there are times when we need those interventions and the mm -hmm. hospitals of course right but I've always said too women can have magical beautiful births in a hospital setting too right mm -hmm. if they're prepared and they've connected to what they want and if they're ready to advocate for themselves and if they're mm -hmm. not then I step in at that time when I was still assisting births and help them do that but now yeah. I've continued doing that but like coaching them right to, to do that themselves if they don't have a doula present and yeah, yeah. well I was lucky enough to speak to have both sides because my third was born in the hospital so I I did get to um have the opportunity to sort of decide what type of birth in a hospital setting I would have and it's interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely have my preferences, but I, I am happy I got to see both sides um, for sure and had a doula, the same doula there for all three births, which was amazing as well. And it just makes such a difference, not just as the mother, but for my partner as well. And he didn't truly realize that until the day of how that support would be crucial for him to be able to navigate what was happening and what to do, what not to do, how to help. And when to kind of sit back and and yeah, it, it was well worth every penny we spent to have that kind of support. And don't you want that for every woman, like to have that experience? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I always wished for, you know. And I and I didn't even have doulas at my birth, but I had two midwives that were so hands-on and so amazing. And my partner was there and my mom was there, so I felt so held and nurtured and supported. But it's that's still what, you know, as soon as I gave birth to those girls, I knew I needed to help other women have those empowering experiences, you know, and that's what led me I to do the that. work that I did, you know? So, yes, that's yeah. amazing. Um, another part of you, um, and I am a big believer that many of us has, have lost our connection to creativity and play, mm -hmm. and it contributes I believe to sometimes that ache that we feel inside where we don't quite know what it is that we're missing or why we feel an ache, but it's many times as simple as just not having a creative outlet, not having any chance to just sort of play. And especially when I'm talking about creativity, it's not about the final output or the product at the end, but it's about being in the flow of creativity or in the flow of play just for the pure sake of having fun. And I know this is a big part of who you are as a human, but also in your teaching with creativity, painting. So I just wanted you to tell us a little bit more about that, um, how the power of creativity in your life 
has served you. Hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I've always loved, you know, dabbling in different art mediums and, I started with pottery like many years ago before my girls were born. So I did that for many years and I did markets and um, we hear the horses are. <laughs> is that the horses? I was wondering. <laughs> they're a little loud because the one is being trained right now. And um, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Let me know if I have to change. No, no, it's, it's, it's very quiet. Don't worry. Because it, it's a little loud for me. Um, but uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So Creativity. So I did that for for many years. And then I also did a lot of knitting, which I learned from my grandmothers and my own mother, which is something we did as a family to my sisters and my nieces and my daughters, which is which is really fun. And then, yes, just before COVID, I started painting. So I've always felt so drawn to all different art forms. And I find like the painting so far has been my favorite because it, it's just a raw emotional freeing process like i do an intuitive type of painting so it's not planned it's whatever's happening that day whatever i'm feeling whatever emotions are coming then that is reflected on the canvas and mm -hmm. i work with small canvases but i work with like really really huge canvases as well which is so wow. fun I put music on, I use movement um, to inspire me and to help just go with the flow. And, and I use that with my work with the women too that I do in my program because I take them through different pillars. And I don't know if you want me to talk about that now, but. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna ask you about that in just a little bit. And also just musically, like your family, that's another way that you are all very creative. Do you play an instrument too? Yes, and I forgot about that. I taught piano for like, many years oh, yeah. that's right I didn't know that <laughs> yeah, so I did that before even throughout my girls younger years as well so as my work as a doula I was doing that but I was also teaching piano at home mm -hmm. yeah so I studied music in Montreal and since then I had my home studio and had a wait list for people because I taught in French I my first language is French and there was always a wait list for for people to come for French piano lessons so that was really fun uh, yeah and my daughter yeah, are super musical and violinists and yeah and especially for the painting um do you agree that it's it's the process itself that allows us to move maybe energy and emotions that are already in us but uh painting can give us a way to bring it out and just get that energy moving again Yes, absolutely. Yes. And, and that's the thing, depending what's happening emotionally, you know, you'll be drawn to doing certain types of lines, or you'll choose certain colors, and, and it'll shift and change even within that hour, let's say that you're painting, you know, and mm. just to see the, the change. And, um, and it might be also a week of, you know, if you're grieving, you know, a loss or something, then you might have a week or a month or two, too, where your paintings might that might be really reflected in your paintings right depending or if a woman has gone through a traumatic experience you know it's coming out mm. a certain way so there's that process that I use like the intuitive painting process but then there's also like a birth art process that we can go through which is you know it's a little bit more structured where I'll give a specific scenario to a woman and then she'll start the process and that's not necessarily done with painting it can be done with pastels with crayons um and yeah, is that so after she has given birth or leading up to birth 
it's both. We do it before oh. integration, we do it after. And women who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s come to me to do birth art. And it's a way for them to process their birth experiences from years ago. Women that have never had kids or never even watched children, it's a way for them to connect to their own, to their wombs and their wombs as sacred spaces to birth projects into the world. So it's not only, you know, it doesn't have to be birthing babies about birthing mm -hmm. babies. Yes. Wow. So yeah, it's a, there's two different things, right? There's the intuitive painting and then there's the birth art that I mm -hmm. teach. Well, yeah. That's but fascinating. Me, so yeah. So for me personally, it's, it's, a, like I said, it's a raw emotional process. I love it. It's a way for me to connect to myself, uh, to stay, to keep my creative juices alive because as I do my work, it's, it's a very creative process, like my whole, all of what I do. So it, mm -hmm. it's important to keep, to be creative almost daily. Like, you know, I'm not always yeah. doing it every day, but it's, I try to have something fairly consistent. Yeah. And something that, you know, you can return to uh, regularly, which is really powerful as a tool as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you do one-on-one -on -one co coaching um, and you also facilitate gatherings for women, which is something that we're both passionate about as well. Um, and as we know, this can often involve trauma and healing when women come together and tell their stories. Um, and, and I also believe there's no better place to do that than within the safety of a small group of women where we can all hold space for each other. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the gatherings that you do and how that dynamic kind of works sure. and at all phases of, of life? I, I know that's part of it as well. Yeah. So I do these gatherings for women of all ages, you know, between usually the women are, you know, around 17, 18, up all the way to like in their seventies and eighties. And, and I love having the whole range um, of ages because I feel all of us, no matter what, where we're at on our journey of womanhood, we have so much wisdom to share and knowledge to learn from one another. And I have to say, like, I'm truly inspired by like the Native American traditions, you know, mm -hmm. the women that would gather in the moon lodges once a month. And it would be, you know, that connection, the unity of sisterhood, connection to each other, but also to the moon and to the earth. And mm -hmm. so that really, really inspires me um, to do what I'm doing. And also the work, you know, when I think of my grandmothers and my mother and we would gather and do, like I mentioned, the knitting and we do crafting, you know, and it was such a, a nurturing time. Like I didn't want it to end. And even just this past weekend, my mom was visiting and she's been through a really difficult year with her health. And so she hasn't been to our place very often. And I was sitting at the table, the, my, my husband and the, my grand, my dad, they were downstairs watching a ball game and it was just my mom, my two daughters and myself sitting at the kitchen table and we, we played a game and then we were just talking and it reminded me so much of all those hours, you know, we spent mm -hmm. with the grandmother. And so anyways, that's why that's also an inspiration for me for my gatherings. And I feel, yeah, that these gatherings are a safe place for women to come and I'll always have some kind of ritual, I'll have some movement, I'll have some intentional journaling. And it, it leads, it's always from inside to outside. So starting, you know, with women going within with practices that are comfortable, and then slowly taking them out to an outward, you know, activity or something where at the end, everyone is, is more open and willing to share mm. um, 
their experiences of what either what we just went through or if there's a specific topic if people want to share and it usually always finishes yeah with tea and a beautiful conversation and an exchange of so many rich stories and it's just you know and some women hesitate sometimes to share and i always mm -hmm. say i'll never like you know it's it's always optional nobody has to share but always you know if something is up for somebody chances are it's up for somebody else so mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for to use our voices right and i think yeah. that's a, that's part of my job is like i want women to feel so confident and so alive and value who they are so they can use their voices in the way they're meant to in this world in order mm -hmm. to help one another to support one another and i see absolutely. it absolutely of my eyes in these gatherings right like i have goosebumps talking about it because it's just <laughs> magical. when women gather it's magical like it, it really, is you know well, and you're doing these in person now which is amazing you have done them online as well and i've been lucky enough to be in the room online i haven't yet been able to to gather because you're doing these outside of winnipeg manitoba but i am going to be in in the room for one of your gatherings before too long um, but you're right, it, it is a very vulnerable thing and not everybody is able to share. But when somebody does go first and open up in a way that's extremely vulnerable, wow, does it give other people permission to also step into that place that can feel a little bit uncomfortable. But when you're so held and supported um, and in that small, it's something about that small group that is... Um, it's transformational and it's so important because I feel like there's so many stories and things that um, many women are holding inside and, and maybe haven't felt like they've ever had anybody to talk to about it. Um, and there can be massive healing when we can release some of those. And I know you've been a part of some ceremonies and things where, where some real healing has taken place um, and allowed people to move on in their life, you know, without, bearing the weight of that as heavy as they had in the past so it's really really important work yeah and it's yeah and i think when you called it some kind of healing yeah it's a collective healing right i think that's what mm -hmm. happens at these gatherings yes. you know and well, i mean, and, oh sorry go ahead no you go ahead yeah i always tell women like i don't feel like i know more than you i'm here just facilitating you know like i just we're all in this together. We're all here to learn from one another, to witness mm -hmm. one another, right? to hold space. And that's what it means, right? Like a deep listening. And we're not yeah. there necessarily to, you know, to give advice. We can ask if someone wants feedback, but it's, it's more of this deep listening, providing a deep presence and helping women do that, right? Not everybody mm -hmm. has, has had opportunities to be in circles or in ceremonies held in that way you know yes yes and that's so true especially a lot of us have struggled um maybe not having a mother figure in our lives that held us in that way um so for many people I'm guessing this may be the first time they've ever felt so gently held and supported yeah and that's when there's you know emotionally you know that's when they, sometimes the tears start flowing and it's just yeah. and it's helping them understand too that this work sometimes is uncomfortable there's discomfort mm -hmm. it's vulnerable um but that it does have rippling effects in for their own selves in their family immediate families in their communities extended families communities mm -hmm. and 
I believe like, and for generations, it's about generational healing. We know that, right? Um, True. Yeah. Sometimes we're healing trauma that, that is from generations before us and, and, that's a whole nother conversation, but that's where opportunities for women to come together and do this are just so important and we need more. Um, I was just in a group yesterday where a woman only a little bit older than myself was telling us how she was feeling pushed out of um, the workplace. They even went so far as to tell her that she was getting too old and that it just she wasn't valued anymore and I was just like no 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 this this is absolutely the wrong direction we need the wisdom from people who have lived experience and you know made mistakes and tried different things and and been around for longer than you know the young people this is where I love the cross-section of you have all ages of women in your gatherings and I know there's there's three different, you break it up into three different stages. Am I right? Three or four? Um, you know what? Well, my gatherings have kind of shifted and changed. Like the ones you had been to online, like I had the certain mm-hmm. things like becoming, being blessed. And yes, I mm-hmm. had done like Aiden, the mother and the crone, right? Those three stages. But now um, recently the ones that I've been doing have different themes such as self-confidence and self-worth, mm-hmm. uh, embracing life changes no matter what stage, and then also um, playfulness and creativity. And that stems from being asked to do workshops in boutique settings where women would look at themselves in the mirror when they were trying you know, their underwear or clothing and they would start crying. So I had been asked to do empowerment workshops for women. So they're kind of, a mix of what I was doing at the beginning, you know, with these different themes. Beautiful. Themes. Yeah. I love that. And we will touch on how people can find you and find the dates for your, for your upcoming gatherings at the end. Um, We're going to turn a little bit to something that is a little lighter. I had a post the other day that I posted on my social media about um, the times when life, I'll I'll speak to myself, where we're going along, everything's fine. And all of a sudden we're face down in the dirt. And I mean, literally face down in the dirt. Um, And I I touched on a couple of times when that's happened for me in my life. And um, I wear a certain pair of workout pants that have a hole in the knee because it reminds me when I look at that hole of just like every once in a while, life is just going to like throw me down and humble us. Right. And it, it made me think of the time when you were in Kelowna and we were walking along and then all of a sudden you were on the ground. And so I was like, Oh, Lillian can definitely relate to what I'm trying to say here where you're like, what the heck just happened? It happens so quickly and we also in lots of our conversations are talking about signs synchronicities intuition like what is the message here or what am I not paying attention to so I was just going to ask you about that time because I know when we were walking and that was on pavement that came out of nowhere for you it was dark as well so you couldn't exactly see where we were stepping (laughs) and you found yourself face down on the ground (laughs) oh my god and I remember yeah it was following a conversation can I say this in during this podcast? <laughs> you tell me. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> I told you. I told you this story. I can't and remember the detail of it though. Like a story where a woman was trying to sell me a really, really expensive program, 
and I knew deep, like I was really considering, but I knew deep down, like I didn't need to be doing yeah. this. I've been doing all kinds of courses for decades, um, you know, self-development work, my own training to become a doula and, and so many things, postpartum trainings. And, and then this woman was trying to sell me this program. And I think when I fell, it was just like, okay, Lillian, like you wake up call, wake up, like, no, you don't need another program, right? You need to just go out there and keep doing what you're doing and just more of it. Like that was my yes. message. And I have yes, to say- and trust what we already know. Yes, 100%. And I have to say since then, so many things have lined up for me in my business, in my life. Once like, you started <laughs> trusting yourself more. And more, you know, because I've always Good. felt a strong sense, right? Of my own intuition and, you know, with all the- choices I made with different things but yeah even now per, you know professionally it's been huge and yeah, part of it I love that that I am now an ambassador for this indigenous fashion brand here in Winnipeg and just her vision and mission aligns so well with what I'm doing and I'm able to help them out a couple of days a week in their boutique and I'm meeting amazing women from all walks of life all ages and they're coming to my events because I get to talk to them about my events and some of them, you know, hiring me one-on-one -on -one and it's just been, yeah. What a perfect marriage and, and of complimentary. Yeah. Tell us more about that. So you were already a fan of Anne Muller oh, and loved the designs. And look, I'm even wearing one of her t-shirts. Oh, I love it. it says, and it's all bamboo and it's all sustainable, zero waste. And this says retour à la nature, which is return to nature. And for oh. every t-shirt sold, they planted a tree in one of the um, northern regions uh, of Manitoba here. And uh, yeah, so I've been a huge fan. I've Beautiful. been following, supporting, buying her stuff for over 10 years, probably 15 years. And um yeah, so I always believed. And clearly, they'd been watching what you were doing as well, and the the it just lined up perfectly with what they were wanting to bring to their to their business. Yeah, so they're you know hosting. I'm hosting some retreats there, some workshops, and yeah, they were super open to me. You know, representing you know mental health, wellness, and creativity for their brand to keep building that, and they want to bring a community, build a community. So we're doing that in a partnership. And by me bringing these workshops to their space and being able to support women in different ways. So, yeah, it's just, I'm just so thrilled. Perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I love how you light up when you talk about it. That's how you know, right? When we're speaking of things where you're just somebody's energy changes and you can just tell it's completely aligned with who they are and your integrity and everything, right? So I'm so happy for you. You know, she's such a creative too, like as a designer and and just watching her process. And, you know, sometimes she'll walk into to where I am and she'll, you know, even ask sometimes like, oh, should we put a pocket here? Or should we put this on, you know, a certain print here? And it's fun because then I, I can use my creativity to, you know, have mm -hmm. those conversations with her. And so it's just, it's sparking so much joy and what I'm all about. Like every time I'm wow. there around her team, like it's just really fun really really fun i feel yeah, so we need more fun more joy like i so i just love that there's it's just a win-win yeah. so good so i i we just touched on one thing that's really lighting you up these days but if you could pick something else what else is really lighting you up these days and pushing you out of your comfort zone hmm. okay well for sure what's lighting me up is spending time in nature like for me that's 
where I need to be every day. And right now I'm working out of my little gazebo here, which is, <laughs> and we live on an acreage. So for me, just spending time in nature, that is for sure um, always lighting me up. And what's pushing me out of my comfort zone is, is maybe, you know, I have an art show right now. I have five pieces of art showing in a gallery and that was totally not in my comfort zone. And a dear friend, Nancy Brumel said to me at one point, she's like, well, you might not be ready, but your art is. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, mm, let me think of this. So I finally got the courage and I said, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And I have art. My art is up on my walls in my home, but that's one thing. You know, I know everyone that's coming over and I'm like pretty feeling pretty safe if they see my stuff. But now to be showing my art to the world at this in this gallery, it's a small gallery, but still it that. So that's definitely pushing me out of my comfort zone. Good for you. Yeah. And does that require you to be there sometimes and to speak to people about the pieces or is it more just you give them the pieces and, and they may yeah. sell? just a matter of me yeah I just had to choose five I had to put titles to them I had to decide on a price which was oh, really yeah. awkward um for me <laughs> why I paint it wasn't to sell right like that's not yeah what this was about. and how do you so, price your heart and soul that goes into something right like it's literally your exactly. baby so yeah. I, I basically chose the pieces that I felt ready to let go of and that you know if they sell that's fine but I have so many that I'm not ready to let go of yet and so mm -hmm. they're not necessarily like my favorites that are out there either, which was hard to do too, right? Because I'm not showing, I feel my nicest work, but uh, then it's, it's, it's okay. I'm just accepting yeah. this Friday, uh, Linda and I are having a, um, like she has art there too. She's another woman in the made to grow community and she's, she has art there too. So we're having our Friday meetup at the gallery. So if people want to come support us and celebrate us. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and those are some of the beautiful connections that get made through that the Made to Grow community, which has been so amazing in my life as well. So um, I just love that. Um, okay, I've got some sort of quick questions for you. What are you currently reading or have recently read that you love? Hmm. <laughs> I always have so many books on the go. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm right now, like the last one I just picked up was Radiant Rest by Tracy Stanley. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No, tell me. Be beautiful book. Uh, it has gorgeous meditations and it's all about the yoga nidra, basically the yoga of rest and relaxation and the importance of rest in our culture. Um, so it's highly, highly recommend. Uh, what else? Oh, I just... Can we just touch on that for a second? Because I, I feel this is such an important topic. And for so many of us that are they're people pleasers and we're doers and we're busy, busy, busy caring for everybody else. Uh, unfortunately, the sad reality, a lot of us are suffering health-wise, especially in terms of autoimmune diseases, which 80% are women. And there's um, some research that shows there's a strong tie that comes because we are not putting ourselves first and resting when we need to rest and not feeling shame around resting. So I love that that you're reading that book. And I feel like there's a real re-education that happen, needs to happen to remind us that we are human beings. We're not human doings. 
And I, I know I'm guilty of that. I have a hard time sitting still. I'll sit down thinking I'm going to sit here for two hours and read a book and do nothing. And within 15 minutes, I'm up doing laundry and, and just doing the things that I feel need to be done. Um, but it's almost like a muscle we need to exercise and, and practice resting and our lives do depend on it. Yes. And, and, you know, creating these little nests, you know, in our, in our homes. And right now, one of my little nests is in my own gazebo. Like I have a yoga mat here and I have pillows and it's just, you know, a place where I can come and just rest, you know, whether yes. you know, guilt-free uh you know doesn't matter what time it is you mm -hmm. know and um so that's what i really encourage my clients to do is to create those spaces whether it's in their bedroom in their bed or you know other places in their homes and creating mm -hmm. these safe spaces where they feel so held and nurtured mm -hmm. and um where they can have those resting places and so she talks about that in her book and has all these different breathing practices and yeah it's really good and myself i mean you know even if i <laughs> teach you know breath breathing practices and meditations and relaxations it's still a struggle for me to to rest enough and like you too right i love to read but the next thing i know i'm up and i'm doing a zillion things and it's like <laughs> i'm not allowing myself those deep unless I'm at the lake if i'm at the lake in the summer or you know on a mm -hmm. holiday i i can allow myself longer stretches of reading or right you know we tend to give ourselves more permission on a holiday mm -hmm. but it's i think it's really smart to to work in periods of rest throughout our day every day and and people say you actually come back more energized if you do that you'll be more productive rather than kind of half limping through the rest of your day feeling like you just want to put your head down it's like well go put your head down don't wait till yeah. bedtime and I think too, I remember a naturopath telling me and rest is not listening to music. It's not listening to a podcast. It's not doing any art form. It's not like you are resting, you know, that's it. Like just laying there sitting, it's, you know, that's it. And that was so hard for me at first, but now I can yes. more just turn everything off and not, and that's why including outside, your brain. Yeah. Like just come in the gazebo where I can hear the wind and the leaves and that's it. Right. There's, but yeah, really resting is not having any distraction visually or mm -hmm. something that we have to listen to intentionally or, you know, not even doodling, <laughs> you know, it's like, whew, yeah. <laughs> I've heard Deepak Chopra say that, that even in meditation, we are doing meditation. You're still doing. Yeah, because we're watching our thoughts. We're right? Even if we're letting them go, we're watching, observing our thoughts. So, yeah. yeah. But the act of actually doing nothing is, it's almost confusing to me. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> and that's the thing. And to get to that, right, too, I think we have to, it's okay to do body scans and to feel where the tension is in our body and all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. but, and we're always going to have thoughts in our head, right? That's just the way we're made. Yep. How, mm -hmm. how can you know just become the observer and let it go mm -hmm. not, yeah not judge that's where the work is <laughs> it's a process for sure <laughs> what is one of your favorite songs to dance to 
if you get a, a, a chance to have a little dance party, what, what would be a song you would choose? Well, I have to say one of my favorites lately is Unstoppable by Sia, because I've used it at the a couple best. confidence workshops and it just it just brings everybody into that like space of like, yes, yes. so much confidence and such a good one. Yeah, it's a powerful song. I love that. Yeah, I love that, that too. And I love I love Sia too. Do you? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I love her story. It's very interesting. I don't know her story. I'll have to about the the reason why with the wig. Yeah, do you no. know. Have you seen her? Yes, I've seen her. Okay, so do you know yeah. why? She came to the music industry with her songs, and the message that she was given was, "Your songs aren't good enough. Nobody's gonna like them. You're just not gonna cut it." she had a strong sense that it was because of how she looked that she wasn't fitting the perfect checking all the boxes of what they wanted to see in a in a young pop star so she left for a few years kept working on her music came back with the exact same songs i believe but she wore the wig and became a huge star and she's never let them see her face because she's like, I'm going to prove it to you that it's the music, not my face. It's the music that has the power. And then she stuck to that. And there's very few places where she'll take the wig off. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. It's story. Oh, and wow. I think I've also heard her say it actually worked out really well because I can move around the world and nobody knows what I look like. So I don't have like she's kind of incognito. It's just such a unique story. Yeah. So unique. Yeah. Okay. What this is the last question I have for you. What is something you think your future self would like you to know now? Mm. So Lillian, 10, 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road. Just yeah. Just be in the now, like be in the moment as much as you can. Just enjoy what you've got, you know, your health, your family, your friends. Just keep, yeah, just continue to be grateful every day mm -hmm. and to connect to joy and to Beautiful. keep keep doing what you're meant to be doing, sharing mm -hmm. your the horse agrees. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that because we really do have to stop sometimes and remind ourselves how far we've come. Look where we are in this moment. Look who's in our life. We've got our health. Like it, it's it's really good to pause like that, I think, and just celebrate. There's so much and, to celebrate, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, just, my heart is full. It really is. And, and my no heart way, is full, too. I always no feel that way when we talk. Oh, you're just the best, Laura. And, and like <laughs> we met the first conversation, we just clicked, you know, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. And we've had many, many good conversations since then and many good laughs. <laughs> And some tears too. It's all of it, right? <laughs> so, 
pardon? Seeing you in Kelowna in your oh yes, it's so special. Yes, because when you you know form friendships over you know in online places, and then it's so wild when you actually meet, and sometimes it's not the connection you thought it was, but for us it, it most certainly was, and we knew that instantly. So that was really really cool to finally get to meet in person, and I know we will be together again before long. So Lillian, I just want to thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I would love if you could tell people where to find more about you and especially about your events that you're going to be hosting. Where do you keep the most up-to-date information and where can we follow you? Yeah, so you can follow me on my website. Uh, you can go to lilianereigny.com. So I will spell that out for you. L-I-L-I-A-N-E-R-E-G-N-I-E-R.com. And my services tab is there, uh, and then the events tab for the workshops. So, and this under the services, there's the three uh, ways people can work with me. So you can look at that. And I have a one-to-one -one, um, coaching mentoring program that I take women through um, for 12 weeks, connecting to their innate wisdom, wildness, and creativity. It's really fun. It's a real transformational program. And uh, I'm really hoping to connect with a lot of you. Just call me for fun. We can just have a chat. That's what I tell people. Like, just call it, <laughs> you know, just have a, yeah. a complimentary call, discovery call, and see if we're a good fit. And, yeah, um, and just get a real sense for who you both are. And um, I love that. And also through Anne Muller, you have information, I'm sure, on your website as well on how to follow the work that you're doing there as well. Yeah, it's, and it's Instagram great. because you you do you you post some clips oh, yes. of your events, which is really fun to kind of see some live clips and um, lots of good information on there as well. So how do we follow you on Instagram? What's your handle? Okay, so it's Lillian underscore Renye. So again, L I L I A N E underscore Renye R E G N I E R, and I'm also on Facebook. Um, but yeah, that's if you follow me on Instagram, I think you can get to Facebook from there because I have a link tree there and um yeah perfect well thank you so much and thank you for doing the work that you're doing and thank you for helping us heal as women and continue to come together and support each other it's it's extremely extremely important and heartfelt work and i'm so appreciative of you so thank you oh thank you so much laura for for the invitation to share my story today i can't wait for our next conversation thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you enjoyed the conversation, please rate and review and follow along. I'm so happy that you're here and I will see you next time.